Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Manu Mararo, and we're going to explore how to be more creative with your Instagram content. If you feel like your content on Instagram is just kind of wah, wah, and it needs some creative flair, we're going to talk about all sorts of fascinating things that I think you'll be able to put to work right away with your content. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, and I'm not creative <laughs> on Instagram. I'm at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you do not miss any of our future content. You do that by clicking that little follow button in your podcast app. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Manu Mararo. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Manu Mararo. If you don't know who Manu is, she's an Instagram expert and founder of Your Social Team, a company that helps female entrepreneurs and social media managers grow their businesses with Instagram. She's also the creator of Your Template Club, a membership that offers creative Instagram content templates. Manu, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, Mike. I'm so good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited you're here. Today, Manu and I are going to explore how to be more creative with your Instagram content. Before we go there, I want to hear your story. How'd you get into Instagram? Start wherever you want to start. All right. Yeah, I'll start from when I was born. No, just kidding. I have a long experience in marketing and creative. I, out of college in 2000, I moved to the U.S. from Brazil, where I'm from, to work at Cartoon Network. And I worked at Cartoon Network as a creative, starting with copywriting, producing, and then, you know, just creating cartoon stuff that was really fun. Lots of short content form before it was fashionable. And at Cartoon, when I was, I, was, I left Cartoon in 15, so I stayed there for 15 years. Can I ask a quick question about Cartoon Network and how it works? Yeah. Like, does that mean you're writing commercials for Cartoon Network or are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're yeah. promoting the cartoons basically. Mm -hmm. So we would write promos like in the voice of the Powerpuff Girls or whatever. It was really, really fun. Oh, very cool. And at Cartoon Network, we're starting, I guess, social media started becoming a thing, you know, because I was there prior to social media, which is crazy to think of. It was still not too much that we could do because we were talking to kids like seven year olds, whatever. So it's hard to, to do social for them. They're not supposed to be on social. But we started doing a little bit for the parents. And we started with Facebook at the time. And I was very excited to have like this little outlet. And then after Cartoon Network, I went to work for a local startup here in Atlanta called King of Pops. They made delicious popsicles. And at King of Pops, they had leveraged Twitter at the time to kind of have this bespoke kind of marketing and their 
telling people where they were. And, and it was pretty fun, like kind of guerrilla marketing too. They're just doing lots of things through Twitter. And when I got there in 15 or 16, I said, oh, it's time we grow on Instagram. And their Instagram was tiny. And I really focused on Instagram as, as a one woman show. Basically, I'll go and take the photos myself. And I had no budget. And just kind of being creative and trying new things and being playful. And we saw lots of results with that. And at the same time, that startup was actually blowing up in town. Like everybody knew it. Everybody loved it. And as I left King of Pops, I had a big network of local small businesses that did business with us that were like, hey, can we talk about Instagram? And I realized there was this huge need for Instagram for business, but people weren't there yet. They were still in the thought that Instagram is so new, but it wasn't new. It was, you know, five years old or it wasn't that new at the time. As I started my own business, I was actually not planning on starting a business. I was more like, oh, let me look for a job in the meantime. I'll freelance if I can. And I started doing social media work, mostly strategy and social media management for small local businesses on Instagram. Basically, I was I was telling them Instagram is where it's at. We're doing Instagram and then we can push the same content to Facebook. We can tweet about it. But Instagram is where you guys should be paying attention to and focusing on right now. And that's how it started. So bring us up to more of the more present story, right? So you went from Cartoon Network to doing local businesses in the Atlanta area with Instagram, right? So bring us to the present side of the story. So I got into teaching because I realized that a lot of the local business didn't have a budget to hire me, you know, to, to do their marketing or their social media marketing for monthly. So I started doing events and I've always liked planning things, even like parties when I was younger and stuff. So I started doing these events where I started also partnering with local influencers to give a talk about social media for small businesses and things like that. And that's a lot helped me a lot put my company on the map in the early days because I had a big network in town, but no one could connect me with what I was doing or knew I was doing this, right? So partnering with influencers, I started on the coaching. I realized that was something I really enjoyed and people were getting a lot out of it. And that's when the coaching side of my business start, you know, taking off a little bit. And I hosted conferences. I still do. I, at one point, I think it was 2018, I was teaching a class every Friday for three hours wow. every morning. So on different topics and people would come downtown and this really cool like space that we had there too, that, that we did the classes and people started like just connecting. It was really funny. At one point, I had a baby at home that I needed to go nurse and People wouldn't leave the class because they would just be chatting. They're having so much fun. And I'm like, ladies, okay, everybody out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then as my business start, you know, growing and growing an audience outside of Atlanta and becoming more digital, I also notice more and more I still do. And I'm still shifting my services and my offers right now towards doing more for people as opposed to them doing it. So the I think the balance and the business side of it is like, how much can I actually get work done for them without them having to pay the big bucks and hire me or someone high level to do all these things? And that's always like what I've been focusing more off on the templates and even on the coaching, like adapting all to like, let's get things done with people as opposed to teach them. And then they leave with all this knowledge, but a big to-do list. So you decided to start this thing called Your Template Club. Why don't you explain why you started that? I mean, you kind of hinted at that a little bit, but what is it exactly? Yeah, Your Template Club is a subscription service for Canva templates for Instagram, which we have a, like two tiers of it. One, we just send new content to people. So we send like two packs of templates every month by email. 
But then if you want more and you want to access everything, there's an all access plan, which you get all of it, plus caption templates. And we also started doing monthly packs now because we do theme packs, right? So I'm going to send you a bunch of reels in this style that is kind of emerging or um, trend or whatever. And I also wanted to save you more time because maybe you are a social media manager and you have 10 clients and you get all these different new content and you're very comfortable with including it. But maybe you're a social uh, a business doing your own social that doesn't even have time to go through the packs. So for them and even for social media managers, for everyone, we created this monthly content pack. So we mix and match and we actually put the date to when you should post that. So you put your reels for you and then your caption and then your carousel and your caption. So we do a whole thing of the month and that's in the all access plan too. So again, we're talking about trying to help people more with let's get this done and less with I get this pretty stuff for you, but you have to figure it out how to do it and find time for it. So we're here today to talk about how to be more creative with Instagram. And you clearly came from a creative background in your career, working at the Cartoon Network and ultimately working with a lot of small businesses in Atlanta. And then, of course, all of your students. Talk to me a little bit about why creativity on Instagram is so important. The reason why I want to ask this question is because I think even a company like mine who has a full-time internal designer, right? We kind of fall into this creative rut where everything looks exactly the same all the time. And we don't even think that creativity is important, but it really is important, right? So what do you want to say to everybody about why creativity and specifically why on Instagram it's so important? Yeah, creativity, we kind of understand the importance of it in traditional advertisement. And it's basically, it stands out, right? You get someone to be like, oh, that's clever or a chuckle and you make yourself memorable, your brand memorable. Now, if you transfer that to social, think of all the noise you have around yourself. Even when you're watching TV and you see a commercial, that's the one commercial play at a time. <laughs> it's not a screen with like 30, you know, at the same time, like Instagram's experience is. So when you're creative in, on Instagram or in social in general, like people will pay attention, like, you know, uh, Trends are creative, but when they start, people are like, oh, this is hilarious. I love this. Oh, this is so fun. But then the time you see it from the thousandth time and people are just redoing the same exact thing, it's not as exciting anymore. And I think that's the, the beauty of like, you know, I, I think honestly, I think that's why I grew my business. I, that's why I was able to make my business stand out, even though I'm not traveling the world and having a photographer husband <laughs> and doing those kind of things. Because I was able to always be playful, bring a little bit of fun and joy into a space that people are so stressed out about, and just try to use features differently. I think that's one thing that I'm always focused on, like a feature comes up and I'm like, okay, how can I use this in a way that is strategic for the business, but also fun and, and different that people hasn't thought about. So we're going to get into a whole bunch of different things we can do creatively. But first, I want to ask you, what are some of the mistakes that you see a lot of people making with their content on Instagram? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest mistakes, and I always like a disclaimer when I talk about mistakes, we're all out here doing our best, right, Mike? I mean, even you guys, you said you're like an expert, you have people doing this, and you still fall into the rut. So Imagine people that are not in this space. They're out there selling soap bars or they're doing, you know, it's unfair that a small business owner or a little small business team admin or something like needs to now be a design expert, a storyteller and a video producer, right? So I want to just give kudos to everybody for doing your best because that's what matters. Showing up is half the work. We're here talking about creativity, but 
Let's not be too hard on ourselves. What I see a lot now is that with graphics being more prominent on social and not only graphics, but also animated graphics like Reels, TikToks, those are animated graphics, even if you're creating an app, right? With all that, people that are not designers, most people are non-designers that are doing that stuff. It's one thing that I see as a big mistake now is editing mistakes or graphic design mistakes. And one very, very common that you may see a lot is text that is too small to read. A lot of time, we, even professional designers, they're designing in this beautiful, huge computer screen and it looks amazing, but they don't look at the size it's going to be on someone's tiny phone. And then, as we know, unfortunately, people on social are not like just waiting patiently to read all our content and doing an effort for it. It's like either you're getting them or you don't. So a lot of times you see content that like, let's say, Instagram carousels with way too much text that is very small and hard to read. Lack of contrast. People have these beautiful brand colors, but they put one on top of each other and you can't really read the pink on top of the orange. That's really going to get people to just scroll past you. And then I think we talk a lot about the algorithm, right? Oh, the algorithm, this Instagram, not pushing my content, but you're putting content out there that people cannot read. And that might be taking much more of a toll on your content performance than actually an algorithm or any Instagram changes. Talk to me a little bit about boring content and not taking risks. I remember when we were talking about this, when we were prepping for this interview, this, these were a couple thoughts you might want to elaborate on. Again, we're all here doing our best. But when you're creating the content that someone else creates, there's so much of that on Instagram. Some people think that they see something on social and it's fair game and you can just copy it in your own branding and put it out there. That's not going to be you. That knowledge didn't come from you. And that content was seen before. So that content's not going to say anything new about you. I think the whole thing around social is because we have a unique message to give to people. And it doesn't need to be a message no one's ever heard before, but it's a true message to ourselves, to our businesses. I would much rather see that message there imperfectly, production-wise, than you're trying to do the same exact production graphic reel that everybody else is doing just because you think that's what the algorithm likes. So I think that's what I would call boring content. It's like when the content is not about you, it's just another replay of something that you've seen before. What about risk-taking? Yeah, risk-taking is great for on, on social. I mean, like imagine risk-taking if you are a campaign doing an ad for Nike. Like your risk is really, really high. Our risk as a small business doing a post on social is almost none, unless you're a really bad person and you put something out there and you're getting trouble for it. But just trying something new, trying a design, having a real flop, having a carousel, not getting any likes. There's no risk that's not going to affect your business whatsoever. So I think we should just think about that. Like I always say, like, you can do another post tomorrow, you know, if you want to. So just do something different. Do something you never tried before. Do something that even like, you know, we talked about this too when we're prepping. It's like people are not creative. So what now? But I love the thought of you know how they say the real and viral for me it's like viral for you it's like okay i didn't get a million views but i get fifty thousand, and i usually get 500 so that's viral for me right creative for me you know can be creative for you like maybe i'm not the most creative person but just because i took this photo in a different angle and i put three of them in a different style that's creative enough for me and i think just try the creative for you like there's basically no risk associated to to trying something new on social. You know, I have a big account on Instagram and I, it's my testing ground. 
Like it's my playground to test the stuff. I create templates for sale, of course. So I'm going to test in my own account and I'm not afraid of all these people seeing it. And I'm not afraid of all these people seeing me fail if that doesn't, I, I, I put a lot of designs out there and even designs that I think are good and are worth posting again. And sometimes they flop and that's totally fine. What do you want to say to the person that's like, but I've got a specific aesthetic on my Instagram account and, but. I'm not getting any engagement on it. I'm not getting any reach on it, but I want that aesthetic to look the same. Is it worth it for me to try something to break those rules? Yes. So I, I think there's an aesthetic thing that was very much like 2016. It was really big. And those are the accounts that people were memorable, you know, that people remembered because they edit all their photos the same way or because they only have pictures the same style or the same color palette. Things have changed, especially if you're a business trying to promote yourself. And I would say even for influencers, influencers are still doing more all photo feeds than businesses are today. But people need a little more like we're dealing with a platform with billions of accounts. And in 2016, we had 500 million accounts. It's a huge difference. And to think that Imagine this time too that fast, not only we have more accounts, but every person that is there, not everyone, of course, but people are more comfortable putting content out there. So maybe back then people were doing one, two posts a week. Now they're doing one post a day and maybe another story and a reel, you know? So just the amount of content is so much bigger right now that people can't see just a photo anymore and go read the caption. Like if you're going to get them to your caption, they need to know they're going to find something that is interesting to them there. And the way to do that is text, is, you know, giving them a little hint of what's to come in the caption. So it's sometimes hard or scary for people to start breaking that aesthetic. But I highly recommend it. I, I remember when I started doing text posts in my Instagram. And as I think it was like 2000, early 2018 or something, because before then I was just doing beautiful photos. And I remember that I even did some memes about it and I was joking about it, like the horror, you know, when you look at your profile and there's, ah, this text in there, it's breaking the vibe or whatever. But I think today you have to think of your business goals more than just this beautiful aesthetic. Like you can create a mood board for yourself. You can, you know, create your work environment and the aesthetic I want. Mine is all like light and pink, <laughs> but my Instagram is messy and, and fun and I highly recommend trying to break that up and that can be hard. So I would say baby steps. So if you, you know, have this like super aesthetic feed, maybe try one like text style that is like a tweet style or we don't call it tweet anymore, but, <laughs> but that style of post with like a plain background in the color of your brand. You know, I think we're in a phase that your brand colors and your brand visuals are going to be the new aesthetic. It's not, your photos that you post. Excellent. How can we be more creative with our captions? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. So captions are, I'm a highly creative person, but sometimes I think captions are better being clear than being creative. If you can do both, I'm all for it. But if you're not able to do both, be clear. If you're selling something, I want to know like the benefits, start with a hook, start with that benefit, you know, and or start with like what it is, like my doors are open to my membership or, and then you explain a little bit the benefits or something, because if you just write, it could be beautiful storytelling, but people are very, very distracted when on Instagram. So the idea is that you hook them with your visuals. And then when you bring them to the captions, they are interested already in the hook that you gave them in the visuals. 
which is why text is so important in the visuals. And then when it comes to captions, I think like the visual organization is very important, breaking lines and maybe emojis as your bullet points and things like that, like really, really big helper to have people read your captions. And I think the way I am with my captions, I'm sure I had lots of captions there that were creative, but a lot of them are just more like friendly and playful and deliver the goods, you know, and try to engage them with one thing that gets them to the next step within my content, whether it's go to the comment section or go to the link in my bio. I've been playing a lot with uh, what I call engagement boost posts, which is sometimes I'm like, all right, uh, you leave a comment and you answer a comment, whether it's like with expertise or you ask a question about this, answer a question about that, or introduce yourselves and go and introduce yourself to someone else in the comments. So things that make your comment section just kind of become a big party. And I think that's creative. But I think just also make sure that your captions are clear. Like I would say clear first, creative second. So as far as captions go, what do we have? Like two lines and then the more button or whatever? Yeah, it's, it's usually, it depends where you see it, which I, I love. And I encourage everybody to look at Instagram and your content on Instagram in different views. So look at your reels in the reels tab. Look at your reels in your grid. Look at your reels as they come. It comes in the scroll. Because for reels, when it's in the scroll, I believe it's like one little preview of a white text overlay in your video. Okay. Or maybe that's the opposite. Maybe that's when you're watching, but in the scroll, it might just look more like a post. So when it's a post, it's like two lines, sometimes one and a half lines. So you don't have much space there. So what we used to do, which is like happy Saturday and then skip lines, like people are gone. Can you give us an example of how we might use captions? What I've heard you say so far is, hey, it's better to be clear than it is to be creative because people don't have time for these long stories as much as they used to. Because you mentioned you're talking about a billion plus people. They're scrolling through. They're rapidly consuming content. So in the past, how would you do it? And how would you do it now? Just so people can wrap their heads around. Like maybe a few years ago, you would do it this way and maybe come up with a hypothetical. And then this is how you would say it now. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning, it was a little easier for them to come to your captions, right? In the I started my business in 17, but even before that, and I was working with social, I think you can still tell the stories, but you have to have them hooked at that point. You can't start hooking them with a long process. It needs to be a quick hook, and then you can go back to the basics, to Happy Saturday when I was in this place and tell that long story or that story that can be super meaningful, but they need to know why they should read that before. So for me, that cha- that's mainly what changed in my captions, the way I've been doing it. And actually, I, I changed very little my captions in the last few years. But from when I started focusing more on Instagram to today, my captions are just more like a heavy hit on the beginning. Like that hook in the beginning, the call to action sometimes is in the beginning. I do that much more now than I used to do before. Can you give a quick example of how you might do one on the fly? Do you feel comfortable enough just ideating one? Yeah, I know. For example, I was just promoting my conference, which I think is happening the same day this podcast is going up. And I would say our conference tickets are here. Got it. And then I'll tell the story like, oh, I almost didn't do this conference this year because I had cancer, which I had. It was not fun. And this and that. And I've been busy and we traveled. But, you know, it's too good, so we need to do it. And so we changed the format. So I could go back and tell that backstory, which I think is meaningful. But if I said, oh, earlier this year, I did this and that, you know, would not, people wouldn't realize that there's 
free conference they can attend. And what kind of photograph are you or image are you coupling with that kind of story like the one you just gave? So I love like for my promotions, I usually do a, a whole campaign on Instagram and I absolutely love my format of campaign that I've been doing. I've been teaching. I actually get my most engaging type of content and I transform that into my sales content. So if I have a phrase that people really resonate with, I use that type of phrase and bring it home with what I'm selling, right? Because I think there's a lot of people that are afraid of being salesy on Instagram and there's that whole thing about being too promotional or annoying or whatever. But it doesn't happen when you pair that with the best content. You don't need to be like a sales robot or a really fun, creative person. You can do both at the same time, right? So if you look at the content that people engage with the most, that's your hint for what you should do for sales. So for my conference, for example, I've done, I have some templates and posts that I've done for a long time, which is where I get like a quote from a famous song or something and I scratch it up. So I call them fixed quotes. Mm. And then I put my own little notes there. Okay. So I think I even did one that was like, come on Barbie, let's go party. And I took off the party, go to your social team's free conference or something like okay. that. All right. That'll be an example. Another one would be a straightforward flyer of the conference. Okay. Another one would be a tweet saying more colloquial. There's like this whole trend now that girls talk to each other and it's like, no, but like, you know, <laughs> if you come to this conference, blah, blah, blah. So I'm doing all these different formats depending on each day because then I don't want the content to be boring. I don't want to be putting that flyer up all the time because I think the flyer is important because again, how much easier can it get for someone to see there's a conference if they see a flyer of the conference, right? Right. But you don't want to repeat that. Like you can do different things. And I, I, I know we were going to talk about those profile pin banners that I like doing as well, but I did one of those two for the conference. So just very, like you, you would change it up. I could be a reel. It could be like a trending reel of me lip syncing to something, but bringing it back to the value you get on the conference. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Awesome. Thank you for answering that question. Let's talk about trends. You kind of talked about the Barbie movie, and obviously, as we're recording this, Barbie is hot. It's not over a billion dollars. How can we use trends, and how can we be more creative specifically with our content? Yeah, so I, I actually love trends. I think it makes it very easy for us to speak another a, a language together. So it's almost like everybody's in the same internal joke. And that's super powerful when it comes to communication. And that's the reason why tweets have always worked on other social media, like screenshots, because you see that screenshot, you know, something insightful or witty or funny is coming. Like we have that background knowledge about it. 
And the same with memes, like you understand how memes work. So it's almost like everybody's in the same internal joke. And that's the same that happens with TikTok Reels trends. So I love it. I think trends are not going anywhere. Like memes are not going anywhere. And I think the, the beauty of trends is that you get the trend and just basically I like a meme. I want everybody to think about TikTok and a real trend as a meme. We know how it goes. We know the expected, but then you change what's the expected. And that's the joke, right? It's like an exaggerated thing. So a trend, when you do like a TikTok trend or real trend again, and you do that lip sync or you do the same thing this other person did, but you apply to yourself, that's the trick there. You apply to yourself. Because if you're just repeating, then there's nothing new to it, right? And I think the more you can apply to your own unique situation, the better. Yeah, so give us an example about the Barbie movie and what particularly you were doing. Oh, for, for trends? Yes. Oh, yeah. So that, that wouldn't be a, a reels necessarily like trend, but I, the Barbie movie had this specific poster, you know, so I created a, a Canva template that was very similar that I already had, actually. <laughs> so it was pretty similar with like that sun screen, some shine burst behind the person or something and glitter and stuff like that. And I started talking about the business. So like this Barbie wants to do this and that, you know, once you, I mean, if you want to bring an example for conference, that's not something I did, but I could have done this Barbie wants you to come to her free conference, you know? So when you use those trends in a way that applies to your business, that's when I think it makes them memorable. People understand what you're talking about. It's just a very, it, it might not even take the biggest laugh out of a person or something, but it's a very effective way to communicate your message. When we think about trends, obviously there's trends on TikTok and I'm assuming there's trends on Instagram. I'm not yeah. super active on there, but what about when there's like cultural trends that are going on? Mm -hmm. Like obviously the Barbie movie transcends a lot of this stuff, right? If there's some fascinating cultural trend that's going on, how do we creatively co-op that? Jump on it. Yeah. yeah and, and, and there's always many, many ways. And again, about being creative, right? We don't have to think about this specific thing. For example, remember the corn song? That boy did a corn, it's corn. You know, there was like a big trend on TikTok and Instagram. Okay. It was this little boy that was very enthusiastic about corn. Okay. And then it was so funny, his little interview that people remixed it. And the guy that remixed it, like gave him part of the money that came out from the music. So it was great. But I didn't jump on that song because I didn't really think it applied. I couldn't find a way that applied to business because what people are doing on Instagram and the TikTok trends work exactly as the real trends, basically just three weeks later. <laughs> so what people are doing on Instagram is that as the boy is singing about corn and, and there's a lot of lyrics on that song, they're writing a lot of stuff about their business. I thought that was super overwhelming. That didn't work for me. Like, I don't think it was effective at all. So I didn't do that. But I did another post where I did, for example, the, the fixed quotes, it's corn, a big lump of knobs and whatever, you know, it has the juices and just the, the lyrics, but you scratch it up and talk about the business. And I, it was a visual way to jump in that trend that was traditionally video, but you're still talking about it. Like you can do a tweet style, text style thing, talking about a trend. So you don't necessarily need to do, redo the trend to jump on the trends, right? I mean, even we talked about captions earlier. You can even talk about a trend in the captions. I did um, a pack of templates one time that was called, because it was like everybody wanted to jump on the trends, but no one had time to make reels. So I actually made visuals and it was the quote. So I think there's a Kardashian quote that is like, oh, not my, it's not my thing, not into it, not approved by me. 
So I did a, um, a template with that quote. So people would talk about the things that they don't really care about for their businesses. Oh, interesting. So that's a different creative way to jump on a trend. That doesn't mean you're redoing the same reel. And sometimes people also have reservations because of legal, you know, rights to use a song or to reuse someone's likeness and, and things like that. So I think there are many ways that you can always jump on the trends if you want to without necessarily having to redo that or use the picture of the person from Google and things like that. Cool. You kind of hinted to this a little bit earlier, but I would love to talk about some creative ways that you're using Instagram that others could also use Instagram mm -hmm. that maybe they haven't considered before. Yeah, we have a few that I can tell you that are very easy to, to explain. And I think we have some images if people want to see on the... Yeah, we'll have them in the show notes for sure. Exactly. So one of the things is when I told you, whenever there's a new feature, I think, how can I use this in a more unique way or, or more strategic for the business or something that's going to make me stand out? So one was um, when I found out that most people may not even know this, that when you go live on Instagram by yourself, not with a guest, you can bring up a video or a photo background from your camera roll. You basically have access to your camera roll. And this is only for iOS, so only for iPhones. I don't know why. It's been a long time, so you'd think they'd have for Androids right now, but only for iPhones for now. And your camera, you stay on the upper right side on a little window there, and then you see that big screen. What I did when I saw that, I saw a person maybe doing like pulling a photo and they're covering part of the photo and it didn't quite work. So I was like, oh, I can use this for presentations in my lives. So we went and created graphics in Canva that had already like, it, it's really cute. It has already like a little frame for my window. So it kind of highlights where I am. It seems very intentional. And on the left, it has bullet points. You don't put anything on the bottom because that's where people are putting their comments and there's text over it. But it's, it's an awesome thing because every time I do a live with those lights, people are like, wow, how did you do this? And they think it's something really hard, but it's not like, you know, there's a button for your camera roll right here, you know? Also, it's such a great way to engage people because not only they're seeing something new, but also like they know exactly what you're talking about in that live. I may be telling a story on the side story when people join, I'm not going to hook them right away. But if they join and they see that on screen, they know exactly what you're talking about. It's almost like you have a wingman for your lives, which is super helpful and very eye catchy. So is it easy to change these while you're live or is it kind of confusing? Yeah, it's actually pretty easy. So basically like there's a little button on the right, I think I'm on the opposite camera, so it'll be like here. <laughs> that is your camera roll. So you pull in the camera roll and it says, it says something like you want to share something or, or, and then you click the camera roll again and you can either remove or pick the next thing. So the only thing you want to do is have those as the first things on your camera roll because it'll be a scroll otherwise. Right. But yeah, it's pretty easy. I've done lives where I share like seven different slides. I just go changing them as I go. Like I'll do one with the title and the bullet points and then I have one for each bullet. But a lot of times I say, I also just do one, you know, just make it easy. But um, if you, and then I, I put some video elements into it too. If I'm putting a video element, I'm not going to do just one slide because that can be very distracting to keep that there for the whole life. So you want to go to that slide that has a video and then go back to a static. Real quick, just so I understand the video side of it, you can load a video into the background is what you're saying? Oh yeah. If you have a video in your camera, you can pull it into place perfectly. So you could hypothetically record example on your iPhone, right? You know how they have that screen record thing if you're trying to teach and then you could narrate it while you're live. Is that what I'm hearing you say? It is. One thing you have to keep in mind is the size. 
because it gets pretty small because think that we have the phone is already a small screen. Right. And then you have like your thing would be like a tiny right. phone there. But if it's bold enough and easy enough to see, yes. I have also just put like sky moving clouds background and then oh, cool. a block of text on top. It's just super nice to look at. Yeah, yeah. I put in, I've put GIFs in there like for reactions and fun things like that to make the content more engaging. But I just wouldn't do that if that slide stayed on the whole time. I always tell people that if you haven't tried that, do one, you know, and then the next one you can kind of swap between them. But it's a really, really cool feature and a really fun way to use that feature. Another one would be the pin post to the top of your Instagram grid. So now, now, I mean, it's been a little while, but you're able to pin up to three posts to the top of your Instagram feed. So whenever that came up, like that same weekend, I created like templates sent to my members because I'm like, okay, so if you can pin then, I don't want people to just pin the content that got the most likes. I want them to pin the content that says who they are, what they sell, and here's a freebie for you to join my email list. So that's like using more strategically for the business as opposed to just to show or for numbers, right? Well, let's talk about this for a second because for those that haven't understood how this could look, Manu, what you did was you took something that was three different graphics that looked like almost together, it looked like a banner ad right on the top. You want to talk about how that could look? Yeah. So actually it's one graphic. But split up into three pieces, no, right? I don't even have to split it. So really? Yeah, so here's what I did. I created a banner. Think of a billboard banner, almost like the format of like a TikTok background or in your profile, right? It's like long and thin. So it's like three squares across. And I created this banner saying, I don't know, like um, your template club is now open, you know, or join the wait list or opening next month. And my photo here and some screen of a computer with some templates or things like that. So you created this pretty design and it's one long design. Then what I did is I post the same design three times, but I post each part in separate times. Oh, wait a second. So explain how that works a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So when you pull like a long design on Instagram, it's going to show you the middle part. It's not going to show you like the whole thing because it doesn't fit right or not. Um, right. Instagram does yeah, not yeah, allow yeah. for yeah. that format. So it shows you the middle part. If you swipe to the left, you get to the bottom of the design, to the right side of the design. So I'll post that. And then with the same caption, I'll go and post the middle part. And then with the same caption, I go and post the last part, which is the ah. left. And then you have this, you did three posts, but it's like a way to cut work and not have to download, you know, cut the design out or download it three times, blah, blah, blah. So it's actually pretty easy, easy to do. It's like a little tricky to think about. I love it because you're essentially, no matter which part they click on, you're getting, you're getting the same caption because yeah. it's just, and you're not doing this to try to get reach in the feed. No. You're doing this just for somebody who goes and checks out your profile, right? Yes. So absolutely. Because it's really easy to see. And, and again, another thing is that it gets people's attention because they're like, oh, this is cool. Haven't seen that before, you know? Yeah. You get this whole, and I try to do like a, a background that is continuous or something. So it stands out from the rest of my content. Yeah. I usually do lots of gradients because then the gradient's going all across and it's like one big design. And then I pin them. And when the thing I'm promoting is no longer important, I unpin them and they just continue being in my grid. But yeah, I'm using the same caption. Again, that's not for likes, even though sometimes when you post something exciting, people actually comment and like it. But most, I mean, sometimes I even post at night and like, I'm not careful about, you know, what time I post for people to engage with it. I just want it to be a banner in my profile. 
Is there ever a reason to remove that if it's no longer relevant? You know, like if you're promoting an event that's ended? Yeah, I mean, I don't because I like people to know that that exists. And maybe if it's my conference, they know that I throw those. Or maybe if it's your template club, they know that they open and close. So I think it's always good to leave there. I'm not a big fan of archiving content. I'm an expert and you're going to go to my Reels tab and you're going to see sometimes I have Reels with like very low views in there. And I don't really care because I still think the content is good and the few people that see it are going to get something good out of my business. But I would say that for, you know, uh, removing that banner or like deleting it all together, because it is going to be out of order sometimes, depending on how your grid is, right? But I don't really mind that. I think like to remove a piece of content to me, it's even like if it's something you don't want people to know or I don't know, I'm going to give a very simple example. If a restaurant is closed for a private event and they say we're closed today, it's Saturday night, but don't come here, closed for a private event, you can archive that. Because why would you let people come to your profile and be like, oh, I wonder they close sometimes in the middle of the weekend. I'm not going to just try to go there. Right, 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 right. Or like I remember also like when we had ice here in Atlanta, which happens very, very random. I mean, very seldom. All these businesses that have the beautiful like grid, we talked about aesthetic and the beautiful photos. There was like this ice cream shop in town that has these gorgeous like photos. And then they had this really ugly graphic that, you know, someone did it like sweating last minute that didn't know how to do graphics and be like, oh, we're closed because of the snow. (laughs) After the snow day and you're open again, you can delete that post. Let's talk about stories. Any particular things we can do creatively with stories? Yeah, I think stories like, Stories is funny because I most of my business is selling templates. I think templates for stories are good, but I would not do just templates, just design, just produced videos in stories because stories are more, they're still supposed to be a little less polished. They're more like the, the reality. I, I'm not a big fan of for me to be like, oh, this is what I'm doing all day long, you know, but I still really like stories to be a place where I show up or I have an imperfect photo or something, but I have a few things in stories that I can share here. One is that people get not super engaged when you're just sharing content from to stories, especially if you don't even write anything else to say why you're sharing that piece of content, right? Because the whole thing about, okay, I post a reel, now I share it to stories. And that's my MO and I do that all the time. People are not going to love that all the time because it's like, oh, it's it's kind of like, Lazy content, not in a good way, because I love lazy content, by the way, <laughs> whatever you can do in field time, I know field time, I love it. But people does, does disconnect with that so much so that Instagram was testing a different way of sharing and some accounts, you can even tap that shared content anymore because they're testing things because their research showed that people are, stories were lowering with the amount of views. A lot of people lost a lot of engagement in stories and they realized that. And that's something that happened across the board because stories just became a place where people share all their content without saying anything with that gray background. So um, one thing that I suggest when you're sharing stories or you're sharing your reels to stories, instead of sharing the reel to stories, go to the reel and copy the link of your reel. Then you go to stories and either post a picture of yourself or like, you know, sometimes I create a cover for my for my reels. So sometimes with the title of the reel, so sometimes I'll upload that cover to stories and you put the link sticker saying, go check it out. Like, oh, I just shared my three best tips for this. Go check it out. And you put the link there instead. And people love that. Like that gets a lot more engagement than just sharing the story to, to, you know, sharing the reel to story. But my best tip for stories 
It's what I call the black story. And it's pretty funny because if you're watching my content, I'm very, you know, it's very colorful, pastel, and uh, lots of things that are very well designed because I sell content design. But then every now and then you're going to see that I have a story that is just black with white text, not one piece of design, and a link sticker. And usually it's something like, hey, just so you know, you know, the doors to this is closing tomorrow. Like, don't miss out. Like, or... Hey, I'm on vacation. I don't have even, I, I, before I forget, you know, and that kind of last minute story. That story will get three to four times more views and clicks than a regular story for me. Why do you think that is? It gets people's attention because it's not something they see. They're like, oh, why did she put this black story? It must be important. Mm. Like, right? Like, oh, there's no design in this story. This is weird. Like everything else is colorful and it's normal and colorful. So I recommend that um, unless your whole grid is black and white, but if you have a grid that is normal or your stories are you going camera and things like that, do the black story. I'm not lying. <laughs> There's two influencers that I partner with to promote my business every now and then. And I told them, I'm like, no, don't design everything. Do a black story and just say, you know, our friends from your social team are doing this free five reels that you can try out, get them here. And I did. And then this girl was like, wow. <laughs> Black story was amazing. The black story is incredible. It's probably my best story tip that I have. Yeah, and I think in stories you can be creative with like your polls and things like that. Every time I do my polls, people start laughing because instead of saying yes, no, sometimes I'm like, oh, do you want help selling more on social? And instead of saying yes, no, I do like, oh yes, please. Or and then I put like, no, I'm rich. I don't, I don't want any money. Thank you. You know, like you just do some silly things like that. And those are like, I would say like nano you know, speckles of creativity throughout your content that, that can be fun. Manu, this has been really eye-opening. Thank you so much for sharing all your insights. If people want to check out you, where do you want to send them? Well, we created a website just for you guys. I have some digital goodies for the social media examiner crowd. So just go to yoursocial.team slash SME. So just yoursocial.team, not .com slash SME. And if people want to follow you on Instagram, where would they find you also? Yeah. So Instagram, we are at your social team. And we also have a secondary account for at your template club. On your social team, you find more like social media tips and social selling. On your template club, you find more like Canva design, content creation templates. And we're also on TikTok at your social team. Lots of content ideas on TikTok. Thank you, Manu, so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Mike. This was great. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 580. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you share this content? Let your friends know about this. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.